on air, online, on Twitter. Jennifer Campbell is always on. Unfiltered, opinionated, and ready to speak her mind at a moment's notice. This is the Jennifer Campbell Show on 570 News and Rogers TV Cable 20. No, there ain't nothing that I gotta prove. You think your words will make me black and blue. Welcome to the Jennifer Campbell Show. Jeff Pickle here, filling in. Happy to be here on this rainy morning. Wow, what a storm that was. Big old fat rain, sideways rain, stinging rain. That's my forest gum. If it wasn't immediately clear, I do it every time it rains. Never on air, though. So that was a first. Probably a last. Probably not going to do that again. Thanks so much for listening. If you're tuning into 570 News, and of course, if you're watching on Rogers Cable 20, I appreciate it to have you along. we got a great show today. A lot of, of course, important topics to get to. A little bit later on, In the program, you may have seen it if you've been paying attention on social media, the Backpack Challenge, Waterloo Region Police Service spearheading that challenge, helping out with the Family and Children Services of Waterloo Region. Amazing results. So we're going to chat a little bit with the Family and Children Services, and I do believe that... uh, We may be hearing from the police as well a little bit later on. Uh, Not in this show, but in the one that that precedes it. Uh, So we're going to be talking about that. Uh, We're also going to be talking about something that that struck me as terrifying. Snakes as pets. You may have saw the story about the snake that escaped their pet owners. I don't know. What do you hold a snake in? A terrarium? Is that what it is? Either way, it got out. It got out, and it unnerved me. I was just about to go to sleep last night when I read this story, and the idea of a snake being loose in a house freaked me out. So we're going to be chat about that and much, much more on today's program. But to start things off, let's get political. Let's get local. I know we just went through one election, and yes, there is another election coming up. The municipal election in October. The provincial election had the best turnout rate in 20 years. That was at 58%. So still, over 40% of people didn't bother to show up. And that's the high watermark of two decades. The next election, the municipal election, historically has even lower number of people turning out to the polls. Only 30% of people in Waterloo Region voted in the last municipal election, but several groups are working to hopefully improve those numbers. That includes some individuals within our tech community in the form of Civic Tech Waterloo Region and their new website, Waterloo Region Votes. I'm happy to have on the program this morning, Christine Taylor. She is the, uh, Christina, sorry, Taylor. She is the co-founder of Civic Tech Waterloo Region. Christina, thanks so much for joining me. No problem. So 
there's a, a group uh, of like-minded tech individuals in the region trying to trying to promote all things civic and of course that means uh improved voter turnout and then there's this website as well that makes it a little i suppose easier for people to get information tell me about this website uh what was the idea behind it and what's its purpose yeah so it was an idea from one of our members who pointed out that uh in previous elections the municipal um government sites haven't linked to anything more than um, just basic contact information for uh, candidates. So made it really, the onus was on the voter to figure out where to find more information on each of those individuals and what they stood for. This is the first uh, election where those municipal sites are actually linking to either a social media profile or a website for the candidates. So um, that's at least a first step. But if you're a voter in this election, you'd have to go to at least three different sites to try to figure out who's eligible and who's going to be on your ballot. Um, so we decided to just pull that all together and, and make a one-stop shop where people can go. Yeah, and there's a few things you mentioned there, and both uh, which I, I want to to get to. But uh, in the, the kind of combining all these all these people and all these profiles and that sort of thing. I've, I've done that before for purposes here at 570 News to collect all those profiles and platforms and make them available. I know it's fairly difficult. Was it a difficult process to, to kind of get this and make this, as you say, a one-stop shop? It's a lot of work, and it's, it's not even just technical work. It's a lot of somebody just sitting down and going through. There's about 220 candidates in this election. So it's a matter of going through all of the and searching the internet for information on all of those people. Um, we had one, uh, one, one of our members um, spent a whole bunch of time going through looking for events um, that the candidates are running. So we're trying to collect all of that data as well. We're we're actually posting that into a Google calendar that people can subscribe to and, and add if they want to know what's going on at what times. Yeah, and that is so important because, you, you know, there is the uh, the information available online, but, but meeting candidates and being able to hear from candidates is, is such a better way to, or, or maybe fills out the way to really decide kind of who's the candidate for you. If you never hear the person speak, if you never have a conversation with them, it's, it makes it tough to, to know, you know, what the person's really all about. That's exactly it. Yeah, the best way to get to know people is to actually go talk to them. And so putting these together and seeing a lot of the different platforms and seeing a lot of different candidate profiles and bios and being someone involved in the tech community, you've probably seen a large array of different websites and social media profiles and probably a large disparity in, in you know, the, the quality of some of them. So, you know, there's about 200 candidates running for the various levels. What have you seen in that level of, of efficiency in, in people's profiles and ability to, to show themselves and how important do you think that is? Yeah, I mean, nominations only closed about three weeks ago and we still have a couple of months till the actual um, election date. But I think there's a, a wide range of kind of level of preparedness that people have have put into this. So um, we've seen some sites where, you know, somebody's put in a a domain name and it doesn't necessarily direct anywhere. Um, We've seen some where their social media profile, it's really difficult to tell that they're running. Um, Those things would really help us. (laughs) Um, And and also linking to any events would would really help us and, and sending us 
that information directly. We've had a number of candidates who sent us information, and that's just fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I can imagine, well, it's beneficial for them and certainly beneficial for you as well to, to pass on any information. Uh, another thing you, you talked about, which I was really glad was uh, included in this website, is information for people to know uh, how to vote. I, you always hear come election time and people unsure if they are uh, registered to vote and some of that sort of technical things about just voting itself. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, about what you've learned going through that process about registering to vote and why you included that as part of this uh, you know, wider website. Yeah, for sure. I mean, knowing whether you can vote and where to vote is probably the, the most basic information you need, right? Um, so voterlookup.ca is a website run by the Municipal Property Assessment Corporation that tells you whether you're registered and, and whether you're registered for the correct school board as well, because there's four school boards that you might be eligible to vote for in this area. Um, the other thing is we just learned a couple of weeks ago, we realized that a few of the townships are actually, as far as we can tell, only doing um, telephone and Internet voting. So North Dumfries, Wellesley, and Woolwich Townships, you need to make sure that you're registered ahead of time so that they can mail you a PIN so that you can actually do internet or telephone voting. Yeah, that is interesting. I wasn't aware of that either, so that would certainly be something to... That's what we've been able to gather from their site. Yeah might uh, require some, some further investigation there. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, we'll definitely maybe take a look at that. Made a mental note, so we'll get on that. Um, why do you think, obviously this is important to you and to the, the people that you work with in this, in this group to improve voter turnout and to improve our engagement in, in things at the municipal level. Why do you think voter turnout is so low at the local level? Part of it is a lot of people are are driven by big, flashy issues, and a lot of what the municipalities do is just actually run services day to day. But they're also responsible for a lot more than that, and I think a lot of people just don't realize how much impact your municipal government has on your day to day life. Um, Everything from roads and sidewalks to um, land use planning to public health to social services. It's all your municipal government making those decisions. Yeah, and, and absolutely, and you, and you hear that. Yeah, obviously, people who are involved in this sort of thing tell you that the the what will hit you the hardest is the stuff at the local level. Yet it has the lower rate. I, I'm curious as well, just seeing those numbers that that you've put out, 200 candidates for, you know, various different positions from regional chair all the way to school board trustee. Do you think just the level of of the amount of people running, the amount of positions that are opening and maybe some of the confusion involved in that has any factor in in getting people to vote if it just seems like there's just too much going on at once and it kind of turns people off? Absolutely. There's four different... Uh, roles that I can vote for within my ward. And it's really hard to make that call about what is the most important thing to know about those people. Yeah, no, absolutely. When I heard that number, and I saw that number on your website with the, the 200 people. It's, uh, yeah. It is overwhelming to think that, you know, and, and definitely sites like yours will make it a lot easier to be able to kind of streamline the process to find out what's what. But without it, and, and even with everything all in one spot, it's still, uh, it's still kind of daunting task to, to look through all that. Yeah, I mean, there's no parties, right? So you, yeah. can't, you can't rely on that to help um, have vetted a candidate. 
anybody can run. Um, and, you know, for one of the one of the positions, there's, you know, there's four candidates for my ward, but for the public, the Rotorua Region English Public District School Board in my ward, there's, I think, a dozen candidates, and I'm supposed to choose three. Yeah. Right. It seems like you might know one and then two would just maybe be the, the name or maybe the Twitter handle you saw or something like that or just a name you recognize, which I guess is why incumbents win so often as well, which is maybe a whole other uh, conversation to have. But just lastly, before I let you go, this is you took an impartial um, approach to this. Was it uh, a difficult decision or w- why was it decided that you weren't going to make endorsements that you were just going to keep a very... Um, you know, uh, impartial level of just uh, supplying information. Yeah, I mean, in, our individual members may choose to endorse or or um, the opposite uh, certain candidates, but I think we had a hard enough time, and we're still kind of debating this, deciding what exactly qualifies as news to link to. Um, so I think because we're not a homogenous group, we're a group of diverse backgrounds with various. Um, opinions and and various stripes of political uh perspectives and and it's just a whole lot harder to to make a decision like that and i think it's better to link to the information and let people decide for themselves yeah absolutely well uh christina i appreciate the time uh once again the uh civic tech uh, Waterloo Region is the uh, group, and Waterloo Region Votes is the website. It's at waterlooregionvotes.org where you can find uh, all the information and that information. It, I get a little ahead of myself. It is still a long ways away from this election, but that but that uh, that information is is coming in, and you can find everything you need to know about the candidates and about uh, how to vote and all that technical information on that site as well. Christina, I thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thank you for your interest. Absolutely. Once again, Christina Taylor, she is the co-founder of Civic Tech Waterloo Region and that website, Waterloo Region Votes. It's absolutely great. It is, uh, it's laid out in a pretty easy, uh, straightforward manner. You just can go on, take a look at uh, who's running. Uh, you can get a, a link to different profiles. And, and again, some of them are still under construction the deadline didn't close too long ago, and these are not, you know, professional politicians in many cases like we see at the federal and provincial level. So uh, it uh, will take a little bit more time, you know, when, when people are sometimes making the, the sites themselves or doing stuff after work. So that will all get in there. But write that uh, address down, waterlooregionvotes.org, everything you need to know uh, about the upcoming municipal election. And hopefully that 30% voter turnout rate uh, can be improved in this uh, next go around. Okay, let's take a quick break. We'll be back with more of the Jennifer Campbell Show right after this. Traffic. It's the last thing you want to see on your commute. The best way to avoid it? 570 News Airborne Traffic Reports with Daryl Dahmer. Get the most accurate reports for your commute with 570 News, your local source for airborne traffic. We are back with the Jennifer Campbell Show. Jeff Pickle here filling in. Staying out of the rain this morning. Okay, off the top of the show, I teased a little bit about this story. The Murphy the Boa. Boa of the Constrictor. 
variety. Yes, a snake found safe and sound in the basement 10 days after he went missing. Murphy, the missing boa constrictor, was a local celebrity after going missing and has apparently been found safe in his own basement. This snake uh, had gotten loose, obviously. They couldn't find him. And so there was a, uh, I was going to say a manhunt, but a snake hunt to find this missing reptile somewhere in the uh, in this Ottawa neighborhood. They found the snake. They found Murphy. He was inside the owner's home the whole time. I guess he had crawled down to the basement and was hiding in there. And then there was some some renovations or something going on that. Yeah, there's the picture if you're watching on Rogers TV of uh, Murphy the boa. Ugh. And they found the snake inside their own home, which brings me to my point. And I think I'm right with a lot of the opinions I have, but on this opinion, I know I'm right. I am absolutely correct that a snake is not a pet. Don't get a snake as a pet. It's a terrible idea. The whole time this woman was sleeping in her home, and obviously she's not terrified of snakes, but this snake was in her home as she slept, as she ate, as she bathed, as she put her shoes on. And the whole time, whether she's willing to admit it or not, this snake was plotting her death. And that is my number one greatest fear, that you'll be sleeping in your own home, safe and sound, and there'll be a snake somewhere in that home, and you won't know it until it's too late. And on this opinion, I know I'm correct. No snakes. Don't, guys, if you go to a girl's house and you're just starting to date her and she has a pet snake, get out, run now, run away. Okay, don't date a snake girl. I would say to the girls out there, don't date a guy who has a pet snake, but you generally have the better sense to understand that already. That the snake guy is not the guy to date. But fellas, sometimes we need some some encouragement and we need someone to tell us this. Don't. Maybe fun for a little while, but that is not a long-term situation that's going to work out well. I don't mean to pass too many character judgments over the snake-owning pet crowd, but I'm going to pass a judgment on this. Don't be friends with the snake owner in school. You go to the snake owners, they show you the snake. Okay, that's fine. That might be his weird thing. But later on in that friendship, he's going to be like, hey, hey, come take a look at this. And he's going to open a closet or open a drawer or open some sort of door. And in the other side of that, it won't be a snake, but it will be something else dark and weird and disturbing. And you're going to wish you never made friends with the snake guy. So do that for all of us. Go to the zoo, take a look at a snake. But man, I once uh, was, I was staying at, at a friend's place. I was, uh, it was my girlfriend's cousin. I had, we were down in Ottawa. My girlfriend was with a group who was biking down to Ottawa. And I drove down because I'm not a maniac and, and met them there after this bike trip. So I was staying at her cousin's house and the cousin wasn't there. So I was just 
alone in her, in, her, in her place. And I just started wandering around, just kind of checking out the different rooms. And I walked into a room, and there in this aquarium, a triarium, whatever it is, was a boa constrictor. And I just wished so badly that I hadn't walked into that room and just never saw it. It kept me up the whole night just thinking, like, this snake's going to get out. And I'm going to wake up, and it's going to be, like, slithering down my chest, and it's going to, like, see me face to face. It's just going to be looking at me as I peek down into my dreams. And that, my friends, is why you don't own a snake. We're going to go to the news more with the Mike Farr, the Jennifer Campbell show, rather, right after this. Baseball is too slow, they say. The bringer of rain. Try telling that to Josh Donaldson. There's the first pitch. He's got less than half a second to react to a pitch. Don't miss a single moment of Toronto Blue Jays baseball. And that ball is gone! On 570 News. Unbelievable! Welcome back to the Jennifer Campbell Show. Thanks so much for sticking with us. And thanks for letting me go on my little rant there about why a snake is not a pet and a snake is not your friend. I felt I had to get that get that out and hopefully divert someone down the right path as to not follow their pursuit of owning a snake as a pet. Also, thanks to my first guest, Christina Taylor, the co-founder of Civic Tech Waterloo Region and one of the creators of the website, Waterloo Region Votes. Great chat about that, about what they're doing, what some members of our tech community are doing to make the process of voting in municipal elections a little bit easier because there's a lot going on. 200 candidates running for at least four different positions. There's a lot. There's a lot to go through. So hopefully uh, they're able to make it a little bit easier so you know exactly who you want to vote for and all those important things that go along with voting. Also, where to vote and how to register and that stuff that puts up a barrier in front of many people. So no longer an excuse. All the information's there. WaterlooRegionVotes.org. Now, I also mentioned off the top of the show that you may have seen or heard on social media that this summer the Waterloo Region Police Service set set out a challenge to the community to collect backpacks and school supply for kids in need and the community came through in a big way with over 1,400 backpacks and nearly five grand in gift cards. The donations are all going to the Family and Children's Services Foundation of Waterloo Region just in time for the school year. I'm happy to be joined on the program by the Events and Community Awareness Coordinator of Family and Children's Services Waterloo, Tracy Jasmines. Tracy, thanks so much for joining me. Good morning, Jeff. Thanks for having me. So what a uh, spectacle and awesome thing to see that was yesterday uh, when you did some of the the backpack drop-offs. What was it like to be there and see such a a huge number of donations come in? Oh, my goodness. I I don't even know. Words escape me. It was so incredible and overwhelming and um, so wonderful to see. 
Um, this is we've been doing this backpack back to school support campaign for about ten years now through Family and Children's Services Foundation. And new this year, the Chief Larkin issued a community challenge and a, a backpack challenge. Uh, I think initially it was for emergency support workers, so his fellow uh, colleagues and working in p- fire, police, paramedics, um, to join him in supporting us. And I know initially he had a lofty goal of a thousand backpacks. Um, and he by far exceeded that. So with the support of all the wonderful emergency support workers in Waterloo Region, we thank them. Um, but along with that came a lot of community support from business, from families, from churches, from um, cheerleading squads. It was really incredible, the outpouring of support. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, what we look at this, it's it's to help the families and and children that we serve to thrive in our community. And um, just to have so much support was really incredible. And the heartwarming stories were the kids helping kids. And that's where, you know, it it really kind of hits home because they're all going back to school together. So... Yeah, absolutely. It was great to see some of the videos uh, that we were able to see online uh, Mm -hmm. were were outstanding. And and to those uh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say it was really quite, uh, I hope we didn't alarm the neighborhood at around the family center yesterday <laughs> when the, the convoy of police cruisers arrived <laughs> and a big truck and sirens and lights. And it was really quite something. And they brought with them over um, close to 1,400 backpacks um, and helped to unload and assist our our, our staff here at the family center were willing to help out. But uh, yeah, it was just incredible. Um we know that back to school is it's an exciting time but it's also an anxious time for kids it can be a stressful time for families and so to wrap around that and support uh, children and their families during this time is it's really wonderful to see and um, our goal here uh, I think our, how it works here is the backpacks we receive go to support the families um, that we serve um, through our our child protection workers so they register the families and then they go out and deliver the backpacks to the families and um, as we'll have an excess of backpacks we do work closely with lots of community programs that are also doing great work so through the house of friendship that serves kitchener waterloo um, the cambridge self-help food bank in cambridge the woolwich community services they run a backpack program to support children in woolwich and wellesley townships So we work closely with a lot of those programs as well so that all children in the community, um, so whether we've filled our quota, we know we're going to have extra and we're happy to share those with the other programs so that all children have an opportunity to go back to school with a new backpack and that sense of, uh, you know, start the school year off in a positive way with all the tools necessary for a successful year. Yeah, and that's great to hear that you'll have enough to fulfill your own needs and then be able to help help out some of the other uh, organizations out mm-hmm. there that, that are helping. And, and about the, those kids and those families who will receive these backpacks and, and these gifts, what will it mean to them to be able to start off that new year with, you know, a, a new backpack and a fresh, um, you know, bounty of supplies to be able to start to start off the school year in, in, a, in a positive way? Right. For for us, it, it helps to build the connection with the family, but it also, uh, you know, we're about resilience and building resilience and building capacity for families. And, um, you know, it's important that children all kind of have that opportunity to go to school. Um, this year new, we offered gift cards for families that need them. So, I mean, many kids need two pairs of shoes for school, an indoor pair and an outdoor pair. 
uh, that can be a challenge. Um, so we've offered gift cards to help them to make those decisions and choices for what their needs are and whether that's, you know, school supplies specific to their grade as well as, you know, maybe a new outfit for the first day or a fall jacket that they need and some shoes for indoor or outdoor. Um, every bit helps. And uh, as I said earlier, it really, the, it's, we've heard from some of the kids that, um, you know, when it's kids helping kids, that's so heartwarming. But also from, we've heard from our kids that uh, just the there's there's gratefulness, but some element of surprise of wow, somebody who I don't even know has done this for me, and you know cares enough that this you know to offer me this this opportunity in a backpack. It's not a small, it's not a big thing, but it is a big thing. Um, just the gesture alone, um, and it really helps them. So then they've got the tools; they can go back to school with the math sets and the things they need, and a proper lunch bag and a backpack and. And uh, all the other kids at school are they're all coming together and so much excitement on those first few days of school um, so that they can all enjoy it. It's, it's great. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like it must do so much for, for the kids' self-esteem. You know, be able to come back to school, as you say. It's an exciting time. Uh, but it would be potentially a bit of a, a nervous time and something that might be difficult if you if you didn't have the confidence because, you know, it it was tougher to you to fit in with maybe some of the other kids if the the supplies or, you know, as you say, the new the new outfit or the new shoes weren't there. It, it must right. do a lot for, for the, you know, the confidence and, and those little things that make you know, make a, a childhood a good one. Right. Builds that confidence and allows everybody to, you know, they can all be excited and they can join in that uh, back to school. And also for us this year with the, the introduction of the gift card, it allows them to go out and do some of that back to school shopping that so many kids enjoy doing or families can go out and do that together. Um, it's a, so that was important for us to kind of move in that direction this year as well um, so that they have those opportunities to pick out a neat outfit or make those choices for themselves and do the back-to-school shopping and and uh, have those same experiences. Absolutely. And, and you mentioned there was, uh, well, obviously a, a ton of community support here from a number of different areas. What, Where did you see, I know there was some, some companies that really got on board and made big donations, but you said there was also uh, some cheer groups and some, some youth-oriented uh, um, spirit of giving happening as well. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, the, the vast array of, of people who, who kind of got behind this, this project? Sure. Um, well, I must say a big shout out and thanks to the staff at Rogers Television. They did an internal drive and uh, came forward. Jen Schmidt paid us a visit last week with some backpacks and, and gift cards, and that was from a staff uh, initiative, um, and so we're grateful for that support. A lot of companies um, locally have come forward and done those kinds of things, so whether they come forward with 10 backpacks or 50 backpacks, um, it's all. It all contributes, and um, it all makes a difference for the kids that we serve. Uh, we have church groups that uh, have done. There's um, oh, it's in Cambridge, St. Mary of the Parish. They every year they've supported our program and usually bring in well over a hundred backpacks for our program, and those go to our Cambridge office because they're located in Cambridge and help support our Cambridge families there. Um, so it's direct uh, contributions within the same community, and I think that's great that it stays in the community and it's helping local kids. And um, and I know through that church, it's a lot of the youth and children that attend are involved in the 
the drive and um we find little notes and things. They're really quite, it's awesome, the support they give. Uh, we've also had financial donations, so people that maybe can't shop or don't know what to get or can't get out. Uh, we have an online through our, our website at fncswaterloo.org. There's a donate button, and that goes right to our GROW fund for our back-to-school fund. And we've had businesses come forward and individuals that just have made a donation and contribute what they can. And again, it all makes a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Well, once again, congratulations uh, for the success of the program. And, and it's great to hear that so much good was done, you know, just from the power of, of getting that word out and right. spreading the word. So, uh, and I'd be remiss. I'd just like to give a big thank you to our community for their support, but also to Chief Larkin for his championing this and his leadership. Um, it's been incredible. And when he put that challenge out four weeks ago, we thought, oh, we'll never get a thousand backpacks. And then it just it was really overwhelming and um, awe-inspiring just to see the outpouring. So it's been great, and, and those will all go to great kids and um, make a difference in our community. So thank you so much. Absolutely. A real, uh, real feel-good story uh, all the way around. Tra- Tracy, thanks so much for taking the time to join me today. Thank, thank you, Jeff. All right. Have a good one. There is Tracy Jasmine. She is the Event and Community Awareness Coordinator with the Family and Children's Services of Waterloo. Awesome story. 1,400 backpacks, nearly five grand in donations there, all going towards uh, kids in need who uh, will have a backpack and some school supplies to, to start the school year and, uh, and have all the tools they need to, to learn, but also those little things. You know, going back to school, we can all remember it's, a, it's exciting, it's a nervous time, and just having that, that extra little uh, you know, thing there, just having the, the backpack or, or maybe it's some, some new supplies or new shoes or, or a new outfit to go back. Just gives you that little boost of confidence, which absolutely, you know, is so important aside from just having the, the pens and pencils and the protractor to do the schoolwork, to be able to, to you know, go with uh, a little bit of confidence and have that smile on your face at the end of the day. It's, uh, it's great to hear and great work by uh, regional police and all the community partners who, who got uh, on board to give a backpack and, and uh, yeah, you can definitely go to the Family and Children's Services website if you still want to contribute in a monetary value. Nobody turns down cold, hard cash, so you can absolutely still do that. Okay, let's uh, take some time now to go to a break, but we're going to be back with more of the Jennifer Campbell Show right after this. As you pack your bags for summer, make sure you take us with you with the 570 News app. Download it today at 570news.com. back with the Jennifer Campbell show on what has been so far a rather gray and wet day a sopping wet day as John Wilson put it I was trying to get things figured out in here the microphone was everywhere the headphones were all over the place who comes in here and just messes with things I assume it must be Either Farwell leaving leaving us with a little work to do in the morning when we come in here first, because we always leave him with a pristine studio. Or do maybe, we though? Maybe, maybe it's Mr. Harriet. I don't know. It's hard to 
Maybe it's Paul. I no, turned on the microphone. Paul. The microphone's over here. The headphones are all. Well, you know what? The other day when I came in here, the Crazy. computer was turned off. The terminal was turned off. Which you actually have to like open up a cabinet, yeah. To like, it's not like it's exposed. Like that's why I had to go in and ask you guys, like, hey, this computer's <laughs> not working because it's behind like a closed panel door. So yeah. someone's, yeah, you're right. The evidence is starting to mount. Someone's yeah. trying to a saboteur. I guess so. No, James, you're not going to use the right microphone on the air. You you you'll use the silent one right here. There you go. Uh. Common mistake. Uh, James, thanks for joining me here before. So first of all, I know you're a a big fan of the program and we're listening intently, but just to bring you back (laughs) uh, a couple uh, moments ago, I was talking about my, uh, very blatant and, and as, and as firm as opinion that I'm willing to make on the show about being in the anti snake campaign in the anti snake camp. You don't think they're pets, eh? No, I think they're pets at all. And I'm surprised I haven't heard anything about it. Not a peep uh, about it. So I grew up with a kid that had maybe half a dozen snakes and exotic animals in his uh in his home. And I was terrified to go over there because I oh, yeah. didn't want them to break out. And and without you know, I was casting uh general uh, judgments on <laughs> on the people, and you know, I was I was characterizing them as a certain as a certain group, and you know I was saying you make friends with the the kid who has a snake, and then one day you're over at his house, and he like he says, hey, come look at this, and you like end up in his basement, and he opens up a he opens up a closet, yeah. and you see like something else that like is way more dark and disturbing that you never wanted to see, and you're like, this is why you don't be friends with the snake kid. The snake kid. Is yeah. that or something? Or the tarantula kid. Would, would that be fitting of the of the individual you know as a young man? Oh, yeah. 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 I like. I never went to his place. He's always, he always came over to my place because yeah. like I was, his parents were like, yeah, ch- we have snakes, we have tarantulas. I'm like, yeah, no yeah, thanks. No, I got no a dog. You. No thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, a, a pet you can pet. Yeah, and, and, uh, a pet that won't no, eat you, not fear your life. So, but yeah, nothing yet from the from the uh, from the big snake uh, industry. They haven't uh, gone on me yet about anything. So I think I'm in the clear. Uh, another thing I was chatting with you about uh, during the break, mm-hmm. uh, during before the show, was that I, I, you know you're you know you're over the hill and you know you're past your prime by the injuries you get. And this morning, <laughs> I strained a muscle in my back making my bed. You make your bed? I make my bed. Oh. Yeah. It's it's something that's crept into my morning routine. And, I and I'm a that. little bit I'm a little bit OCD that I actually can't leave my house without kind of making my bed. And I'm not a super neat, northerly guy, but for some reason, it's a pretty easy thing to do. You just kind of fluff up the one blanket, mm-hmm. throw the pillows back on, and you're done. And you feel like you accomplished something. I know how to do it. I just... I don't do it. <laughs> I, wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. But doing that, doing that, the fluff of the blanket, doing the big pickup yeah. and the big, you know, when you try to straighten it all out, it's a pretty heavy duvet, strained a muscle in my back and like got the shot up there. Like you get like an arrow in the back yeah, and then had to like sit down for a minute and stretch. And I'm like, well, I guess that's, that's one of your signs. It's like this, it's all over for you, Jeff. Yeah. You're getting old, buddy. I've pulled my, I've hurt my back tying my shoes. How... Do you do that? Well, I, I had uh, overexerted myself the day before and just early in the morning when I kind of bent and hunched over to tie my shoes and when I went to get stand up again, it like it like straightened up. I think you and, need to work in some stretches into your routine. Yeah, I'm thinking I, I've actually put a lot of thought to this. Yeah. I, you know, w- working the hours I do, I, I end up 
alone by myself in the afternoon a lot and some deep thinking gets done. I'm thinking whenever I am able to do it, I'm just going to be a yoga. I'm going to get into yoga a lot, just stretching because I want to be mobile when When I get in my advanced, when I get in my, my, yeah, I was going to say, uh, with the damage I've done, it's going to be like that. So I, I think yoga will be the way that I go. I just doing that. You could hear my voice. It hurt my back. So <laughs> how do you play at rugby? Well, that's the thing. I heard it. I heard it in rugby and then I, and then I aggravated it making uh, my bed. All right. There you that's go. That's the way things go. See, and part of the reason why I don't make my bed either is because when I leave for work in the morning, my wife is still in bed. So right. She would kill me if I yeah, fluff the... Yeah, I don't do know. it I do not do it if, there, yeah, yeah. if there's someone in the bed. Right, yeah. I, that So be, that's, I mean, I'm not just lazy. Right. If people were thinking that, it's just because my wife is still sleeping. I got you. Yeah. I got you, James. So this topic, which for some reason caught my eye, yep. and I'm kind, of a, I'm kind of fascinated by it. It was, a, it was an article in Chatelaine uh, Magazine. Those folks at Chatelaine put some pretty good lists they together. They do some eh? good work. They do yeah. some good work. And this was a list, a top 10 list. The, the, the 10 best no-name products are, te- are test kitchen swears by. So these are the products that it doesn't, you don't need to buy the brand the value. Brand, yeah. Just buy the no-name and there's never going to be a better or worse variety. Just get the no-name. So, yep. I mean, some of them make sense. You know, pured, or, sorry, pureed pumpkin for one. For pumpkin pie. For pumpkin pie. Yeah. I guess, you know, I've never made a pumpkin pie, but I guess it doesn't matter if you buy the brand name pureed pumpkin pie or the no name, which makes a lot of sense. It's well, just mashed up pumpkin with some spices. The no name is uh, probably a hell of a lot cheaper than the E.D. Smith stuff that they have in that in the stores, you know? So. Yeah. So I guess that makes a lot of sense. Parchment paper is another one. Now, there was one here that definitely caught my eye that I can get on board with, and that's Ripple cut chips. Oh, yeah. No name ripple chips are the best. See, and that makes a lot of sense because if it's if it's a plain chip, mm-hmm. it's hard to do it poorly, right? Yeah. And, and ripple cut, for whatever reason, they do well. These chips, the article says, satisfy even the most serious craving for salty, greasy goodness. And they're like two bucks cheaper than Ruffles. <laughs> and just as good, if not better. So that makes, it, 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 and I'm all on board for that. Yeah, so, that's how you save some money when you go grocery shopping right there. So apparently with chips, and in particular Ripple Cut, you're paying for the seasoning. Mm-hmm. You're paying for the flavored put on it, not the potato fried product itself. Right, flavoring. So I'm pulling some deep lessons out of this. Hey, if you go anywhere with no-name chips, uh, people people go crazy over them. Doesn't matter what flavor. Yeah, like I love the no-name chips. They're good. Those are the best. There you go. There's yeah. a life hack for you, people. And the number one on this list. I'm not sure if it was put in a sequential order or they just kind of threw them down there and they're all yeah. kind of even. But the number I'm going to say the number one in this list was naturally imperfect fresh and frozen produce. Hmm. The fruits and veggies, both fresh and frozen, might not look amazing in No Name's newest line, but they're perfectly fine to eat. And if you love frozen food, you can fill your freezer with two kilogram bags for just over ten bucks. That's a steal. Yeah, because the name brand stuff of that is like fifteen ninety nine. And I think the lesson here learned is like just like people, yeah, imperfect fruits and vegetables are often just as good, if not better. Yeah, and you don't have to break the bank for it. 
Yeah. Well, I don't know if that if that if that translates to my to my theory about people being just like imperfect fruits and vegetables about the cost well, for them. I mean, but but maybe maybe there's some people other. People are type always of, trying to save money. I'm trying to. This I'm is trying how you to do pull it, a, people. A, a philosophical lesson from the no name stuff and 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 the thought of buying people for lesser value because of their uh, imperfect nature. Maybe. Uh, flies in the face of that theory. But I think there's something there that's saying, look beyond the image and look for the substance. And whether it's frozen or fresh produce or a human being, we all have an incredible (laughs) amount of value. That does it for the Jennifer Campbell Show. The Mike Farwell Show will be just after this. You guys have yourself a naturally imperfect, wonderful day. For Waterloo Region's best local news coverage, keep your radio tuned to CKGL 570 News. Kishner at 570news.com or by download.